Hello, and welcome to this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15 series. I'm Sam Long, Director of Private Wealth and Capital Markets at CFA Institute. I'm joined here today at CFA Institute's Asia-Pacific Regional Office in Hong Kong by Mr. Dan DiBartolomeo, President and Founder of Northfield Information Services, a firm specializing in analytics for institutional portfolio management, enterprise risk management, as well as private wealth management. Our topic of discussion today is about how bond managers can leverage on information implicit in the equity markets to gain an edge in managing bond portfolios. Dan, thanks for being here today. My pleasure, Sam. The work of Merton, Leland, Toft and others on contingent claims models has been around for years. What are some of the new thinking and applications in this area? Well, the basic idea of the contingent claims model is that shareholders in a firm have two options. One is they have the option to pay off the firm's debts and own the assets of the firm outright. It's essentially a call option on the firm's assets with a strike price equal to the firm's debt. They also, by virtue of limited liability, have a put option. If the assets of the firm should fall in value sufficiently, the shareholders can give the assets of the firm to the bondholders in lieu of payment and simply walk away. In recent years, two changes have come about in the way these models are used, or I would say two changes in the way they're estimated. The first is that we now often use factor models, which are commonly used for equity risk of portfolios, to estimate the volatility of the assets of a firm as opposed to simply looking at changes in things like book value over time. The other change is that frequently these models have been used to calculate default probability on corporate bonds and corporate loans. Recently, we've restructured these models so that one of the outputs of the process is actually the market implied expected life of a firm. How long can we expect a firm to survive? Can you tell us a bit more about this market implicit expected life of firms concept and how it could be applied in managing bond portfolios? Well, obviously, what we try to do with this model is establish how likely it would be for a firm to go into bankruptcy over a period of time we make the assumption that there is no management, that essentially the value of the assets of the firm move randomly throughout the future. And if those asset values decline sufficiently, the firm would be potentially in default. The question is, how long might that be? Obviously, if I believe a particular firm has a 50% chance of going bankrupt in the next 10 years, I would be very uncomfortable holding a 30-year bond. On the other hand, if the firm has an expected life of 30 years, but I'm holding a 10-year bond, I probably feel pretty good about that. Dan, does this work in other markets, for example, the Japanese or Chinese markets? Yeah, uh, the, the analytical model is universal. We have done research with it uh, back to 1992 that included essentially all large global companies and found the technique to be very useful. Sovereign credit risk is a big topic these days. 
How can the market implicit expected life concepts and models be applied to assess sovereign credit risk? Well, obviously, if we look at the companies within a particular country and we understand how they contribute to the national economy, essentially how their revenues participate in GDP, we can make an assessment about the health of that economy. Obviously, if you're looking at a country where financial market participants, stockholders, are setting share prices such that it can be expected that many of the firms will go bankrupt in the near future, that's probably not a very healthy economy. On the other hand, if the expected life of firms is high, that would suggest that the country is more prosperous. One thing that we do to work on this or to apply it at the national level is to revenue weight this information across firms and particularly across the financial services sector. Finally, what are some of the other interesting findings from this market implicit expected life research? Well, I think there are two really important findings. One is that the concentration of risk-taking in the financial services sector has been very, very high for many years. Looking at the average from 1992 through 2011, we find that the median expected life for a financial firm is about 23 years, but the revenue-weighted expected life is only about eight years. This suggests that there is tremendous concentration of risk-taking. Remember that these are not actual forecasts of how long companies will survive. They are downward biased in the sense that they assume there is no management. And obviously, if we're talking about a large international bank, Goldman Sachs, Citicorp, uh, they do have managements. And generally, those managements are very competent individuals. So the expected life measure, which assumes management is null, is really a downward biased measure of how long we can expect companies to survive. Well, I guess the other thing that I think would be very important for investors to think about is that for um, all investors, both bond investors and equity investors, this type of analysis bears a lot of very useful information. For example, once we know or accept the fact that companies have finite expected lives, then in doing equity valuation, such as you know, a dividend discount model, we would no longer consider uh, a firm to be a perpetuity. We would say that it's likely to survive for a finite period and value it accordingly. Dan, thank you for sharing your thoughts on how bond managers can leverage on a wealth of equity market information to outperform. Thank you, Sam. And thank you for joining us for this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15 series. Copyright 2012 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.